2: Good Wednesday afternoon and happy Valentine's Day. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Of course, we're on your Super Talk Mississippi radio stations. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday. For Michael Borkey and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of great dining if you are looking for a place, perhaps to sneak out for a uh, a Valentine's meal, a Valentine's date night, other well, options that you've got right there at Pearl River Resort. Check out their great dining options like Philip M's, a fantastic steakhouse. You got Mama and M, good home style cooking inside the Golden Moon Casino, and more. Check it out online at PearlRiverResort.com. The Seaspire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Check them out online at cspire.com, cspire customer-inspired. I do think the most important question as we begin on this Wednesday afternoon is,
3: hey, Dad, what was in that box?
1: Oh, hold on. Oh? Oh, okay. say, well,
3: Why? Why did he say? Oh, as if like he didn't expect to be asked that very question. Like to start that's the show,
2: very question. He's going to get it. He's going to retrieve
3: it. It is a wow. Oh, that's, cool. that's really cool.
2: Very cool. So that's from Mississippi State's national championship dog pile celebration. Starkville Daily News cover
1: framed. Very cool. Are, are you going to hang that in Falk, the studio Rob, as well? Yeah. So I'm I'm filling up with artwork here. I have got my uh, my bulldog print over there. I got my Stansberry uh, picture over there, and now I've got uh, that as well. So, Robbie Falk, gets to always be in the office now because that's his story. So, okay. Were you um, Were you pretty excited when you opened that? Yeah, it's really cool. Very cool.
2: In all, it of made me think. In all of your sleuthing and snooping, did you have an idea of what it was? No,
1: no, I had no idea. So, okay, it made me think. Like you know, I mean, we've talked about baseball these last two years, and they have not been great for Mississippi State. I mean, there's just no getting around that fact. But that's something that can never be taken away. You know, that that was a great moment, a great time, and I'm glad to have this piece to uh, to remember it by. So,
2: it really was. It was incredible. Yeah. And the, I, I guess the truth is we'll never be able to separate Mississippi State and Ole Miss when having that conversation because of the way that it happened. It's not like Mississippi State won mm-hmm. a national championship and eight years later or eight years earlier Ole Miss won one. It's quite literally in consecutive years two massive rivals separated by about 90 miles of highway – two programs that care deeply, fan bases that care deeply about college baseball, won consecutive national championships. And the joy that Mississippi State fans were able to relish in 2021, Ole Miss fans got to do the exact same thing in 2022. Mm -hmm. And whatever heartburn Ole Miss fans had watching Mississippi State finally claim that national title in 2021, Mississippi State fans had the favor return just one year later, and a little heartburn watching Ole Miss probably uh, do the
3: exact same thing in Omaha. It was, oh. It, it really is incredible, man. I mean, it, it, I know football's a totally different animal, but there are three times more Division One FBS, if you will, baseball programs than there are, than there are football programs. And two in this little state with 2.89 million people, or whatever it is, were the best at it in consecutive years. Yeah,
2: yeah, it really—it's <laughs> really cool. It really is cool and
3: really is incredible. And that's a great thing. Can't ever take it away. Never. It will always happen, even if the NCAA for—they're uh, not going to. But if they decided to vacate it, it still happened. Rick Pitino still has that tattoo on his back. Yeah. Jeez. Um, I mean, I guess you can't take that away, but it might be hard to read these days. Yeah,
2: Dwayne says, for some reason I just knew Richard was going to bring up the Ole Miss championship. Yeah, but I wasn't trying to take anything away. I just was kind of highlighting the fact that the two will forever be tied together because of when they happened
3: and how they happened. That means somebody's got to get a second. You can end that. There you go. You know, it would would actually be hilarious. You know, I know Auburn people think that the good Lord above cares about the outcome of sporting events. He doesn't, but I know they think he does. If there was another back-to-back national championship in baseball between Mississippi State and Ole Miss, I would start to wonder. Mm. Yeah. Somebody's yeah, pulling no, no. those strings because that 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 can't happen organically a second time. Hey, Dad, you remember
2: uh, when I said, hey, we were going to try and stick with this and we were going to do text of the day?
1: Yeah. And then we, we did. kind of got away from it. We kind of got away right. from it. I think the early leader If you're interested for, in sponsoring text of the day, please reach out to us. It worked last time. It, if you want it to be a regular thing. Uh, yeah,
2: so Mike in Oxford, the early leader in the clubhouse for text of the day. Have y'all ever had anyone text into the show while listening at 40,000 feet above the Pacific Ocean, 1,097 miles northeast of Honolulu, traveling at 570 miles per hour with an outside air temperature of minus 62.8 degrees while lying in bed sipping on 15-year-old scotch? If not, please mark me down for a first.
1: Happens all the time, Mike. No big deal.
2: Yeah, I mean, have you ever listened to the show, Mike? I mean, yeah, it's like a once-a-week occurrence. Hey, Cross has done the show doing that. Mm. Have I? I wonder how a Comrex would work at 40,000 feet. Uh, no, Mike is en sure uh, route to um, to Honolulu for Ole Miss's opening baseball weekend, something he had been planning for a, a really long time. We might try and catch up with Mike on uh, on Friday before the game, since he's going to be out there. Just kind of get him to set the scene a little bit. Um, we'll have to check that out. I have to, uh to have to check that out. Uh, we're just a couple of days away. Mississippi State opening the college baseball. Too bad it couldn't be today. It was cold this morning no, no. when I first walked outside. You can you see your breath blowing. Yesterday the windshield was... Kind of iced over a little bit, or you know, frozen over. This morning, it was just like that heavy, heavy, heavy dew that was on the windshield. But it was cold outside, and man, it warmed up beautifully today. Jane and I sat outside and ate lunch this afternoon. A little, you know, a little garden-style table out in front of a, a restaurant, and um, like it was warm. It felt great, and it was like this would be fantastic for the start of college baseball season think the weather's going to be okay this weekend. We may have to dodge some rain showers a little bit in uh, in Starkville. I haven't even checked the forecast for Hattiesburg. My guess is it's going to be warmer in Hattiesburg than it will be in North Mississippi. That is certainly usually the case as uh, Southern Miss gets started at 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon with their uh, three-game series against, uh, against Barrist to uh, start the year. In fact, Southern Miss... Going to play four games in four days to begin the season. They'll have the first three against Marist, and then Air Force will slip down. Uh, Yeah, not bad in Hattiesburg. Friday, high of 68.
3: A little bit colder on Saturday
2: with uh, some rain in the morning on Saturday, high of 49. That's cold. And then uh, 59 on Sunday with uh, sun mixed with clouds. 68
3: and sunny is perfect opening day baseball weather.
2: I know it's not the typical Major League Baseball businessman special. But just go ahead and give yourself the businessman special if you live in Hattiesburg on Monday. That 4 o'clock game against um, uh, against Air Force on Monday, going to be 66 and sunny with a southern breeze on Monday afternoon. So if you can't make it to the ballpark this weekend at Pete Taylor Park, Monday afternoon might be the time to go. That will be a lot of fun. And the weather will be great. Hey, we're going to have our coaches' interviews again on Mondays after week one this year. Chris Lamonis is scheduled to visit with us this Monday. Mike Bianco is not going to be able to visit with us this week. Ole Miss is flying home from Hawaii on Monday, and then they have a game on Tuesday. So it'll be a week from Monday when we talk with Mike Bianco. And Christian Ostrander is going to visit with us on Tuesday. Next Tuesday, part of opening week, because they have a game on Monday. So we'll get into that Monday routine following the games from uh, week two. But it's here. College baseball is here.
3: It is here. Yeah. And uh, for the Ole Miss fans. So the state fans, typical Friday game time, take off work a little early, watch your ball club, still take the family out to dinner. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you only get a chance to watch them once this weekend. It's Friday night's game. The other three – Got to listen to the radio. How many Ole Miss fans will make it to the end of a 10.35 central time start on Friday night?
2: Some of that depends on how the game is going. If it's a blowout in either direction, my guess is televisions, computers, radios, etc. will be turned off early. If it's tight, you'll probably have a lot of people that will stick with it. I mean, yeah, you can sleep in on Saturday morning. It's okay. We'll talk basketball when we come back.
0: To Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app. Supertalk.fm. And always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station.
2: It started well enough for Ole Miss basketball last night. Uh, Ole Miss actually had a five-point lead. They were up twenty-three to eighteen over the Kentucky Wildcats on the road in Rupp Arena, place that they had won uh, only once ever, and had won in Lexington against Kentucky only two times in the uh, the history of the program last night would not turn out to be the third time that that had happened as Kentucky closed the half on a 25 to 6 run I believe that's what it was. I think the math checks out on that Ole Miss was ahead 23 to 18 at the half it was 43 49 so that's a 25 to 6 run to close out the first half and at its most basic level Kentucky did it by making shots they did not start out shooting well from the three-point line, and then they got Reed Mitchell or uh, excuse me, uh, Reed Shepherd going a little bit. He hit a couple of threes. They got out in transition. Ole Miss missed some shots that led to long rebounds that allowed Kentucky to run, and Cats uh, kind of ran away with it. Um, felt like it was going to be difficult for Ole Miss to come back in the second half. They cut it to nine after, what, a 6-0 start to the second half, um, but really never got a whole lot closer. Um, they ended up outscoring Kentucky by a couple in the second half, but Cats win it by 12, 75-63. Ole Miss fell to 18-6 and overall, 5-6 in SEC play. It was a much-needed win for a Kentucky team that had been in a bit of a tailspin. They lost three of their previous four. Kentucky's now seventeen and seven overall, seven and four in conference play. Maybe the best news for Kentucky was that they had everybody back last night for, I think, the first time the entire year. And then they had an uh, an injury with Trey Mitchell in the game, and eh, you you hope for the kid that he's okay. Uh, I don't know that I've I, I have not seen a report as to the severity of that uh, that injury. So, um. I guess we should talk a little bit about the game itself last night, but I think the bigger conversation is these last seven games of the regular season for Ole Miss. What's at stake? Yeah. What is their path? What has to happen that has not happened over the last two or three weeks? But first, that game last night.
3: Anything stand out to you? That they did everything right. If you look at Kentucky's... Half of the box score. Ole Miss did everything right. They defended well. That's the best offense in basketball. I I saw people say, oh, Kentucky got way too many uh, looks at the basket. They they did, but you held college basketball's best offense to 75 points and the shooting splits, just okay. They didn't out-rebound you. You turned them over a lot.
2: You just didn't make shots. Didn't make shots. Every Every shot... 38% 38% from the field, 23% from the behind the arc, and they were 10 of 18 from the free-throw line. Yeah, Hard to win ma- basketball games when you shoot like that.
3: Missed eight free-throws, couldn't make, and a couple times in the second half, they, they cut it down to six and just could not make that shot, but they were able to keep Kentucky, and the things that Ole Miss struggles with, right? That's what's so interesting about last night is Ole Miss has been a good offensive team, good shooting team, very efficient when you look at their numbers compared to the rest of the country. They were not last night. They were a bad shooting team. They missed open shots. Typically, they haven't been a very good rebounding team. They were last night. Typically, they haven't played great defense. They they did last night. They just missed a metric ton of shots, and that is the difference between winning and losing, especially at Rupp. They did all the other stuff correctly. They just couldn't put the ball in the basket, which uh, you, you got to score to win. Yeah. Hey, one of the
2: things that stood out to me was and we talked about it yesterday how Kentucky had lost three straight games at home and in all three of those games they had scored 85 points and still lost and, and two of them they gave up what well they gave up 100 to Tennessee and 94 to Florida and 89 I think to Gonzaga Kentucky was good last night defensively and nobody was better yeah. than Onyenso, the, uh, the 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 7-footer for them, who had 10 blocks. 10! Ten. Yeah. 10 blocks!
1: Yeah. Really impressive game for him. I, I thought when Ole Miss got out to a little bit of, of a lead, I think they were up 6 at one point really early in the game, and I thought back to what we talked about that. Yeah, man, If Ole Miss can push this lead out a little bit, that that crowd might be willing to... To to turn on Kentucky a little bit, but instead Kentucky got back into the game and got on top and the crowd did the opposite. It got behind them and started, you know, I think, I think it gave them a little extra, uh, extra push there. And as Kentucky continued to extend the lead, the crowd got more and more into it. So Kentucky had to have that win. They, they, they just, they just could not afford a fourth straight loss at home is just incomprehensible in Kentucky.
2: And, and I think probably another example or, or reminder that. Social media does not represent everyone. Correct. You get a lot of vocal critics on the, the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and all of those places. And, frankly, in our industry. I mean, listeners to radio shows are, generally speaking, the more passionate fans. Not exclusively, but generally speaking. And all of those areas were pretty vitriolic about what Kentucky is right now. The newspaper stories Mark Dukes told us yesterday, so they are not happy in the Bluegrass State. But John Calipari pleaded with Kentucky fans, stick with us, stick with this team. And they played well enough last night that that crowd that we talked about yesterday potentially becoming uh, hostile toward the home team was completely the opposite. I mean, to get the atmosphere that they had at 9 o'clock local time on a Tuesday night was was big time. And the crowd played a role last night. They were into it, very supportive of Kentucky, and probably just thrilled to watch a win because
3: they hadn't seen a win in that building in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Which is still time. crazy to say. I know, right? It's just, uh, it's just something else. But, uh, I mean, Dwayne asked, so what changed with Ole missus shooting? They had an off night. Had an off night. I, I mean, and Kentucky defended well. Kentucky did defend well, but man, there were so many open looks that they just missed. Yeah. I uh, mean, wh- Juju Murray's in a he's he's in a funk. Right? He's in a funk. Absolutely, he, he's a better shooter than he has shot uh, recently, as well. And then this is something that they can't fix right now. Like that, an off shooting night. Uh, they, they they shoot much better at home. They, they've got very important games upcoming. We'll see. In basketball, you have off nights. I saw somebody say last night, not not to, to pick on anybody, I'm not going to quote call them out, but when Kentucky went on that run at the end of the first half, somebody said, that should never happen. And I thought, it's a building that your program has won twice in ever. The home team went on a run. It's basketball. That happens on a nightly basis at the high school, college, and NBA level. Home teams go on runs sometimes. You miss shots sometimes. Come on, have some perspective. But um, it, what's what, what makes that game so frustrating is I think that they had the opportunities. They were able to cut it to six. They were able to kind of hover around 10, 14, and, and couldn't capitalize on that. But the, the loss in and of itself is not costly. If you can believe it, they moved up in the bracketology. They got one slot better. Just one, ever so slightly, but they they moved up in Joe Lenardi's bracketology today. So it's certainly not worthy of some of the reaction that I saw uh, last night. They they didn't play well, but a glaring issue that they can't fix until recruiting season comes is they don't have dynamic offensive big men. They don't. And, And not even dynamic, not capable offensively. The NBA is not the best example, but for, for the Pelicans, for example, if they're really struggling shooting the basketball, they dump it off down low to, to Jonas Valanciunas, and he gets them two points. A lot of people in college basketball have that guy. Ole Miss doesn't have that guy. If you're struggling from the outside, you can't just dump it off to your big, let him back a guy down, turn around, and put one in the basket. They don't have that guy, and that's a glaring issue when they have off shooting nights. They don't have the go-get-me-an-easy-bucket guy. And that can't change until they can add players to the roster when the season ends.
2: Yeah, that's true. That that, that is, and, and we talked a little bit about that yesterday. Their their low post game is largely about setting screen, setting high screens, and rolling to the basket, and either getting mismatches or having a defensive lapse or whatever, and having kind of you know uncontested to the rim. There is not a big man that you throw it to, and he backs you down and can go one on one and get a basket, like Tolo Smith at Mississippi State like Jani Broom at, um, at, at Auburn. And those are two of the better big men, certainly in the SEC. Maybe two of the better big men in the country. But you don't have that, so you've got to figure out other ways to score. And Ole Miss did not make enough shots last night, and so they end up on the short end of the stick. So what does that mean going forward? Ole Miss has seven games remaining in the regular season. Michael Borkey spent a lot of time leading up to the start of this season talking About playing meaningful games in the month of February. Here you are. They've been meaningful. And guess what? When you look at what's left on the schedule, they just got huge starting Saturday night. We'll talk about what's coming up for Ole Miss when we return in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi continues.
2: Give you a heads up coming to start the four o'clock hour. So about, yeah, about twenty minutes from now, twenty-five minutes from now, we are going to look at some obligatory cliche. Way too early. Twenty twenty-four college football playoff predictions. Hmm. Got uh, six different. Sets of predictions from ESPN College football writers. And then uh, one from Barrett Salee. He pinned this before he uh, officially left CBS at the end of uh, January. So uh, we'll get to that coming up uh, a little bit later. Actually, it was, yeah, yeah, before he left at the end of January. Um, so let's talk big picture for Ole Miss basketball for a second. And we're obviously not talking about Mississippi State playing a game tonight because Mississippi State, doesn't play a game tonight. So if you think we're sliding Mississippi State, we can get to Mississippi State basketball. They just don't play tonight. They didn't play last night. They, this is their open date within that SEC schedule, and so they will play on Saturday. Excuse me. And it's a game that they should win, need to win, coming up against Arkansas. We'll get to that. Net rankings, almost dropped two spots last night from 59 to 61. Borky mentioned a second ago that the Rebels have um, actually moved up a, a spot in Joe Lenardi's rankings. Your annual reminder, the bubble is soft. And it's going to stay soft. Because yeah, lo- losing to yeah, Kentucky
3: is not going to hurt your bubble chances, let me tell you.
2: It, it doesn't. But the fact is, if you're on the bubble... Means you're not an automatic qualifier, and you're not one of the 30 or so best at-large teams out there. Right. And when you get past about, maybe even when you get past 25, but certainly when you get past 32 or so, you got a lot of pretty average basketball teams. Yeah. Who are on the bubble in the first place because they've won some big games and they have lost some big games. And there's no reason to think that that trend is going to continue just because there's only three weeks left in the season. So, is that right? Yeah, three and a half weeks left in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Seven games. So, here's what Ole Miss has left. Again, they are currently 18-6 and six overall. They are 5-6 and six in the SEC. On Saturday, they host Missouri. Got to win it. Absolute 100% must win. Without a doubt. Next Wednesday night, they're in Starkville to take on Mississippi State. Very difficult test. It is. The following Saturday, they are once again at
3: home, hosting number 11, South Carolina. Very good South Carolina team. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Close is only matters in horseshoes and hand grenades. I get it. I think Ole Miss matches up pretty well was South Carolina, and I think the second half of that game uh, gave credence to that. Weekend should be a big crowd. Ole Miss, like most people, play much better at home. A real opportunity there.
2: Wednesday, February 28th, Ole Miss hosting number 15, Alabama. Another opportunity game. I'm just going to be honest, on paper, two weeks out, that feels like a terrible matchup. It's at home. It's at home. Which helps. And that helps. And Alabama has not been perfect. We saw that this past weekend. But, oh no, they won this past weekend. Anyway, not diving too deep into a game that doesn't get played until February 28th. And then Ole Miss goes to Missouri on Saturday, March 2nd. On Tuesday, March 5th, they head to Athens to take on Georgia, and then they close out the regular season against Texas A&M. So, here's the question. How many SEC wins does Ole Miss need to get into the NCAA tournament? If they go 9-9, nine and nine, seven games remaining, four and three the rest of the way. If they go 9-9, nine and nine, they are the bubbliest of bubbly, bubble teams.
1: You are sweating on Selection Sunday. Sweating, because you're assuming you're assuming two of those wins are Missouri, and those wins don't really help your your your, your resume at all. So you're going to pick up other
2: than they just are two wins. more.
1: Yeah, but you would pick up two more good wins. Now, the other problem is Georgia doesn't really move the needle a lot either. Right. So you're almost better off losing to Georgia if you can find a way to beat, say, Mississippi State and Alabama or something like that. You're talking about four and three. So,
2: all right, so that's at four and three to finish nine and nine. If they go five and two to finish ten and eight in the SEC,
3: I think they're in.
2: I I I agree that they're they're in. But I'm talking about the roadmap to go five and two in the next seven games. That means that Ole Miss most likely beat Missouri twice, beat Georgia, and then beat two NCAA tournament teams. Right? South Carolina, NCAA Mm -hmm. tournament team. Alabama, NCAA tournament team. Texas A&M, I think an NCAA tournament team, but goodness gracious, that was a bad loss at Vanderbilt last night. We've been saying for weeks,
3: Vanderbilt's going to ruin somebody's season. They may have. And I think Mississippi State's an NCAA
2: tournament team. So, if you get two against Mizzou and you beat Georgia, that means you win two games against some combination of Mississippi State on the road, South Carolina at home, Alabama at home, Texas A&M at home. The good news is three of those four games against tournament teams happen in the SJB Pavilion.
3: Mm-hmm. Helps a ton. It does. It's it absolutely doable. does. Now it's tough. That, that's tough. But that is certainly doable. You don't have to stretch your brain to, to see them getting to five. Again, with, like you said, with Missouri twice in Georgia, they only have to win two more games. You do not have to stretch at all to, to get them to win those two more games to not and guarantee me, a bid, but basically guarantee a bid. Borky if you tell me Ole Miss goes five and two in its last seven games,
2: and you say, hey, Richard, tell me what five they are. I say Missouri twice, Georgia once on the road, and they beat South Carolina at home, and they beat Texas A&M at home. Now, could they win against Mississippi State on the road? Absolutely. They've already beaten Mississippi State once this year. They have proven that. It's a great game. Great game. It will be an equally fantastic environment at Humphrey Coliseum for that game one week from today. Could they beat Alabama at home? Yeah. Could. Ole Miss will have to shoot lights out in that game.
1: You and probably Alabama have to win, win or or an off-shooting night. You have to win like 99-97, something like that in that game. It's, it would be, be a shootout. If if you tell me that Ole Miss
3: scores fewer than 90 points, they lose. I think you have got to have a 9 or a 1-0 in front of your score if you're going to beat Alabama, it, for Ole Miss anyway.
1: I tell I you, when it. you look at this Ole Miss season, when we get back to it, if we, if Ole Miss is in on Selection Sunday, you got to go back to that game at Texas A and M. That is the, the the biggest win for Ole Miss in, in this season thus far. Because if they don't win that game, their 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 net right now is probably in the seventies or maybe sixty eight and sixty nine. It's, it's 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 not they're not there. They're 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 not out. They're not on the bubble really. You're they're, they're looking at you are saying, okay, you got to go five and two to finish out this season to. to Today. Coming back and winning that game has saved has saved their season to this point.
3: And if they it, don't, you're going to look at the South Carolina game where you held your opponent scoreless in the final four minutes and you lost by three.
2: You're going to look at that one because that was a huge opportunity and you're going to look at the loss at LSU where they just played really, really poorly. Go
3: ahead. On the text line says, is the bar of good season making the tourney? Uh, Generally speaking, unless you're Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, yes. For Chris Beard in year one taking over a program that was what it was last year, throw a parade.
1: Yeah, if they miss the tournament, if they miss the NCAA and ended up in the NIT, but they win 21 games, that's a good season for Ole Miss in year one under Chris Beard. There's no getting around that. You you should be incredibly pleased.
3: They are already very clearly ahead of schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not even more close. I mean, the fact that we're having this conversation today, that, hey, here's the path, realistic, control your own destiny path to the NCAA tournament, is pretty yeah, remarkable.
2: Ole, Ole Miss won 13 games last year. They're sitting on 18 wins with seven games to play right now. And
3: they've got two more SEC wins with seven to play.
2: That's right. That's absolutely right. So, yes, it is a but, given the fact that Ole Miss has put itself in this position where they're really close, it'll be disappointing if they don't make the tournament. And Chris Beard has said from day one, they're here to make the NCAA tournament. Period. Period. So, it's going to be a fascinating final three and a half weeks of the season. And that's what Ole Miss has left. Seven games. Seven games left. Three of them on the road, at State, at Missouri, at Georgia, and four at home. And two of the four are against ranked teams. I mean, to some degree, you say, what else could you ask for? It's right out there in front of you. you got to go do it. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Super Talk TV, we're back with you right after this.
0: Check this out. Woo-hoo! Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Fire text line, 601-879-4395. Great to be with you this afternoon. So the follow-up to that question of, is the bar of a good season making the tournament? We talked about that, and the person that texted said, which is why I said, if we lose out, it's still great. Nah, losing out would not make it great.
3: That would be a collapse, is what yeah, that, would
2: be. that that would be. That would be bad, because that would be... Couple of really bad losses, and then just losses to really good but not great teams. But no, that that would A couple of losses to Missouri would here
1: would be awful. Yes,
2: that would be bad.
1: You'd be uh, in danger of missing the NIT if, if Ole Miss lost out. I would think they would not make the NIT if they lost out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no way. Um,
2: George and West Point wants to know if thunder and lightning will be coming on the radio tonight at six p.m. Absolutely. Absolutely, George. As a matter of fact, it will.
1: We thunder had some uh, we had some issues last week with thunder and lightning and uh, some local programming that were on the different, the different markets missed thunder and lightning last week, but this week we are back statewide. There you go. That'll be good. Coming up at uh, six o'clock
2: tonight, hosted by Brian. Hey, Dad. Guest? Do you have a guest this evening?
1: Not tonight. No, no, no guest this evening. Ooh.
2: On what will you opine?
1: A lot of baseball. Probably. We'll definitely talk some baseball. We, we, we need to do that. we got a little a little basketball talk as well. And then uh, something I think we're going to talk about on this show uh, later today, I think I might expound upon it uh, on my show.
2: I'm assuming that would be the budget numbers that were FOIA'd and released by um, Stefan Krasnick at the uh, Clarion Ledger? <laughs>
1: you, you couldn't be more wrong. Like, 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 I'm going to talk about budget numbers. Like, that's going to happen ever in life. No. That's, that's not it. it. Okay. That's not it. That is
2: something that we will talk about on this radio program. In fact, let's, uh, let's
3: kind of dive into it right now. We got time? Not to do it justice, I suppose. Not to do it justice. So if we, if we want to carry it over, then we certainly can no, 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 we're going to go to the college football playoff stuff
2: in the, uh, the, the beginning of the next hour. So just a quick overview. Um, Mississippi State reported a record, $121 million in expenses last year, but they also recorded a record in revenue. The revenue record was $115 million, which means the department operated at a $6 million loss, which is it's okay. Um, in fact, Stefan points out in the final s- the final sentence of his story. Despite operating at a deficit of five million dollars, Mississippi State reported a lesser loss than rival Ole Miss, which was more than eight million dollars. There you go. Boy, Stefan, way to way to get to the heart of the matter there.
1: Um, to me, the thing. Me. It, say what? He did that for me.
2: To me, the thing that stands out is the same thing that stood out about Ole Miss's budget. And that's where it is compared to where it has been. Um, These these NCAA financial reporting reports are a snapshot. They are not the entire picture when you look at these programs because – Different universities, different athletics departments use different accounting methods. They assign expenses differently. They sometimes assign revenue differently in, in different places. But, again, we're talking about Mississippi State now with a $121 million athletics budget. And frankly, Mississippi State operating at a loss means they spent more money. And there are a lot of Mississippi State fans that stand up and applaud right now because this is not Larry Templeton's athletics department. This is not John Cohen's athletics department. There would not have been red numbers at the end of the year with either of those two guys as AD. Now this probably, this fiscal year probably started with John Cohen and finished with Zach Selman. But the point remains the same. Mississippi State has gotten serious about spending money. And part of that has been facilities related. There have been three major expenditures in the last decade. Davis Wade Stadium first, then Duty Noble, and most recently the Hump. And when you have debt service payments that um, go against your revenue, it makes it hard. It makes it hard to be in the black, especially when you got really expensive projects. So I would say overall a lot of good there for Mississippi State. One thing that was interesting to me from Stephon's story is that Mississippi State baseball, which we all kind of assumed was one of the few programs nationally that operates in the black, actually operated at a $2.3 million deficit. And, hey, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that is despite selling an all-time record number of season tickets last
1: year. If that's correct, yeah, I believe so. We'll be back.
0: You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Sports Mississippi with you. Wednesday afternoon, Valentine's Day, if it has slipped your mind. You still got time. May have to be creative. May have to uh figure something out, but you still got a little time to uh take care of some business. If there's some business that you still need to take care of. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. You can do business at uh Pearl River Resort. Sportsbook Inside the Golden Moon Casino. You can learn more about them online at Pearl River Resort or visit yourself. The sportsbook Inside the Golden Moon, PearlRiverResort.com. com. text line is open to you. C Spire has simply the best in business IT services, including gigabit fiber internet for business. You can learn more about that at cspire.com slash business, cspire.com slash business. So, some of you may have seen this uh, a couple of weeks ago is when it came out. And we've kicked around the idea and just haven't gotten there uh, for a couple of weeks. But uh, really interesting stuff from the college football-focused writers at ESPN. This story first came out on February 2nd, Groundhog Day. So, it was 12 days ago. But... The ESPN college football reporters, including David Hale, Harry Lyles, Chris Lowe, Bill Connolly, Andrea Adelson, and Heather Dinich, all made their predictions for what the 12-team playoff is going to look like in 2024. Got the news yesterday that ESPN has agreed in principle with the college football playoff on A new payment structure that's going to pay the CFP or the CFP participants, the schools, $1.3 billion per year starting two years from now. That would be starting in 2026, but a lot of details that still have to be worked out on that front. So they started the story by asking which team will make its first playoff appearance in 2024. David Hale wrote USC could do that. So USC is going to downgrade at quarterback. Whatever we think about Caleb Williams, he was really good.
3: Although struggled against the better teams he played. That's an interesting thing NFL teams are going to have to to figure out is why against the better defenses was he so bad. But, I mean, he's going to be a first-round pick for a reason. (laughs)
2: Part of the reason was because his offensive line was bad and his defense couldn't stop anybody. Now, I know that's not all of the story. I, to me, it feels like there's a lot there with Caleb Williams. But that means that in their first year in the Big Ten, David Hale thinks USC is going to win ten games. If we just kind of boil it down no, David there. Hale.
1: David Hale's Twitter is uh, called a David Hale joint. Must have gotten hold of one of those to, uh, to make that kind of prediction.
2: Chris Lowe thinks that Ole Miss will make its first playoff appearance this year. Bill Connolly thinks that Penn State will make their first playoff appearance this year. Andrea Adelson goes with two teams. She thinks that both Missouri and Arizona will make their playoff debuts. You're talking about an Arizona team absent Jed Fish, but held on to one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos in the country, Noah Fafita, and uh, Tateroa McMillan. I don't know if I pronounced his first name right. I just did it fast and figured we'd go with that. Yeah, him. I I can see it with Missouri because I think their schedule gives them that chance.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: Uh, Harry Lyles thinks that, uh, he says, I'll pick the group of five representative and go with Ryan Silverfield's
1: Memphis Tigers. Here's the thing. These are awful predictions. These guys get paid. Memphis
2: is going to have to be better defensively. Yeah. They just are. But but in fairness, the group of five in the American conference got easier. Yeah. SM, SMU's not in that group anymore. Tulane's not in that group anymore. Wait. Here they are.
1: Sorry. Tulane didn't go anywhere, yeah.
2: Yeah, they're still in the American.
1: But a new Is coach at Tulane. To have a play... Is it possible to have a 12 team playoff this year? And not have any new teams in it? It's not possible, is it? So if Georgia wins the SEC... It's not possible, because a group of
3: five team has to make it.
1: it well, let's just say, out of nowhere, Cincinnati goes undefeated again. But they're, they're not, not a group, group of five, five anymore. Oh, they're not a group of five team anymore, you're right. Yeah, so it's not. It's possible we could have 11 repeats with a group of five team that's new. Okay um
2: so those are some of the first team first year teams that are uh predicted to make it this is where it gets fun these are the predictions for the 12 scene playoff David Hale is first he's got Georgia number one overall Ohio State number two Clemson number three and Kansas number four I mean maybe you were on to something hey Dad
1: He's on to something, and it's marijuana.
3: I mean, Clemson's not going to – well, conference champion does.
2: Could Clemson win the ACC? They they certainly could.
1: Okay. They could. Could Kansas win the Big 12? I mean, I guess. Come on. It's a Big 12 that's absent of Texas and Oklahoma now. Yeah, but it's still, now it's, it's added Arizona, it's added Utah. Yeah. Don't it, forget it, about Colorado. Okay. They still, still got Oklahoma State. <laughs> <You know. laughs> um, I ought to be in a bowl this year, I bet. Yeah, I, I'm telling good.
2: you, look, I, I, I realize that I have to get past this. The top four seeds are the most uninteresting thing to me about this. For sure. Yeah. About this exercise, the top four seeds, not remotely interesting to me. I want to know what those on-campus matchups are going to be. He predicts Oregon as the number five, hosting the group of five representative Memphis in the five twelve game. He has Texas at number six, hosting number 11 Southern Cal. Notre Dame at number seven, hosting number ten Florida State, and Alabama at number eight, hosting the nine seed Ole Miss.
1: How boring for y'all! Somewhere you've all—I mean, it's great to be in the playoff, but come on—they couldn't send you to Notre Dame or something like that. Come on, you get to go somewhere you've been a thousand times. Borky and I were talking about this earlier.
2: Because we're going to get to another one where those two are flipped and they've got Ole Miss yeah. hosting Alabama. Not in an 8-9 game, but Ole Miss hosting Alabama. I was like, "Yeah, that would stink. I mean, it would be yeah. great and it would be fantastic and festive and all of those things, but, but it's just really not what you want for this situation. It's not. You
1: want, you want to see some new blood. Yeah, I mean, how, how easy is it there just to send hey. Ole Miss to, to, hey, now. Hey, now. to Notre Dame? Just, 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 right.
2: just chill, just chill. Here we have Chris Lowe, Okay, Georgia, Ohio State, Utah, Clemson. He says, yeah, Utah winning the Big 12 and Clemson winning I, the ACC. I
1: like, I like the Utah pick.
2: Why is uh, Clemson? Why? The five-seed Texas hosting Liberty in a 5-12 game
3: yeah we we got no I, I I am a proponent no of chance. small football. I think it's important. I think we got to preserve it. I hope that this working group with Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti figure out a way to separate while preserving Zero. the others keep playing those games. they've got to get rid of the group of five uh, automatic bid have to.
1: I don't mind the group of five automatic bid. I'm just saying that Liberty's not gonna get it. they did last year. Or they didn't this have, past year. Is,
2: they were the representative this I past know, year. I, I, um, this year. Oregon hosting Michigan in a 6-11 game. Michigan got to go to Alson. Love
1: Ooh. it. Ooh. For, and uh, that's a conference game. Don't they
2: do that anyway this year? I think they do. Alabama, the number seven hosting Penn State is the 10. Lovely. Hey, Dad, you ready for this one?
1: Probably not.
2: I'm probably gonna be upset. Old Miss, the eight seed, hosting nine seed
1: Notre Dame. Oh man, uh, I'd take the week off.
2: Give me I'm the cheapest go price ticket for that game.
1: You buy a new truck at Belk Ford for the you just might price be able to.
2: I don't think you could get in the door on the secondary market for under a thousand dollars. No, no chance. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll continue these when we come back.
0: Are we gonna do this? Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Quick question from Dave on the ceasefire text line. Is that 1.3 billion per school or 1.3 billion divided among all the teams? Yeah, it's the latter. It's 1.3 billion per year for the rights to televise and promote the college football playoff. College football playoff still has to decide how they are going to distribute that revenue starting in 2026, which is the year that the new TV deal begins.
1: 1.3 billion per school would be pretty awesome. I, I at that point the ticket prices need to come down a little bit. I think. I think at that point you can you can afford some twenty dollars tickets.
2: Yeah, and you probably better pay the players too.
1: Like whether or not you believe that point, in it or yes. not, you probably just should. Yeah, he's got an extra bill laying around. Jeez.
2: All right, so we uh, we got David Hale's predictions and kind of went wont wah. We got Chris Lowe's and uh, those perked up a bit. He had Ole Miss is the eight seed hosting. The nine seed Notre Dame. Can you can you imagine? Can you imagine the two week buildup to that? Hey David, what is what'd you say saying I'll just take the whole week off?
1: It's two weeks, man. I gotta save I gotta save up some of my PTO. Yeah. Uh Bill Connolly. First
2: round buys Georgia, Oregon, Florida State, Kansas State.
1: Kansas State, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: Kansas State with a new quarterback. True. Yeah, but Kleiman's a good coach.
1: Keep that program going. Yeah, completely agree.
2: Uh, his first round matchups: five, twelve, 5 12, Texas and Memphis.
1: Everybody <laughs> high on Memphis. What are the options? I get it but it's only Memphis is the the pick I'm making you
3: know what the option is get rid of it that's the option
1: yeah uh
2: in his 6 11 game
1: Ohio State hosting Utah that's, that's a fun matchup to think about yeah. Ohio State is the sixth, though? Jeez, I don't know yeah, about
3: that. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I know Ryan Day has not had great success against Michigan, but that roster at hey, this point is like they're loaded. They're Georgia North is what they are. Yeah.
2: I mean, what would have to happen for that to be the case? He would have to have Georgia undefeated, Oregon undefeated, Florida State undefeated. <laughs> Kansas State may be undefeated. Texas with one loss, and Ohio State with a.
1: Yeah, that's. One they're loss. not thinking. They're not thinking.
2: Continue. Um, the 7 10 game for Bill Connolly. And in fairness, Bill Connolly does think.
1: He probably had a computer yeah. algorithm that spit this out for him. No, he doesn't think. He just plugs numbers in, and the computer spits out what he's going to type. Uh, Penn
2: State 7 hosting Alabama the 10. Fun. You got another one here for you, okay. The uh The, the eight-seed Ole Miss hosting okay. the mm-hmm. Michigan Wolverines. Would they yeah. be the whole band?
1: And for the playoff game, you would think the whole band's coming. You would yeah. think. What are the ticket allotments going to be?
3: Because it's not the NCAA, 5, right? It's the college football playoff. So. I, I'm just
2: throwing a number, but I, I, I would say 5,000-ish. Is it going to be a set number, or is it going to be a percentage of capacity?
1: It needs to be a, a
2: set yeah, number. It's got to
1: be a percentage of capacity. No, it's got to be percentage of capacity because some stadiums have 100,000 seats, and some stadiums have 60,000 yeah. seats. Well, true.
3: I, I want as few road fans at these games as possible. Oh, I disagree. I actually disagree. I, I, I get I want his Give me the. Oh, want, you want that
1: atmosphere. You want that. Now the atmosphere is is better when there's a big play for the other side and there's a big roar. That's what you want. I I, I disagree, Borky. I mean, I, I I think part of the
2: neat thing about this would be if we just use Ole Miss it, as an example. Five thousand Notre Dame fans. Inside Vault Hemingway Stadium or Michigan fans. But
3: that's the issue. There will be a lot more than that.
2: Well, I mean, you can't control the secondary.
3: Right, but control what you can control. I mean, if Old Miss hosts Notre Dame, there's going to be 15,000 of those bums walking around that stadium. I mean, they. Oh!
2: No. no way. Call them the Catholics
1: bums? What's wrong no with you?
3: you? You say no way. No, but I'm telling you, no way, no
2: way that there will be fifteen thousand Notre Dame fans inside a sixty-five thousand seat stadium with Ole Miss hosting its first ever playoff game. No, shit. I hope
3: I you are it. right, but I know the size of that fan base. I mean, it's it's otherworldly. But, but nobody's going to sell if the it, tickets. But so. if a ticket hits the, the secondary market, suit. you better find a way there to, there to won't make there won't sure be a that lot of tickets in the
1: secondary market. I don't think so, there'll be a I, lot I, of availability. I would, I mean, there'll be some. Yeah, I don't think I'll, Ole Miss fans are not going to give up their tickets to this one. I mean, unless you're just like, I can make, I can pay for three Christmases with it. I don't know, but I, I don't see that. Probably, out. by the way,
2: come. which makes me think. As I think about this, just for a moment, oh, I wonder you, what I could. You don't need to
1: sell your ticket. You need to sell your tickets, Richard. You, you need to go get a hotel room in West Point or something, and just commute for a week. And put the house up for sale, and that or so for rent, and you can make a quick, you know, seven figures doing that.
3: That, mm. but that's the concern, though, is the people that see dollar signs and they put their tickets up. I, oh, I would be concerned oh, like, about
1: that. Why, why are we not Washington State, Oregon State for our Group of Five team here? Because aren't they the they're, best? Not in the they're
2: technically not in the Group what? of Five
1: yet. So what? So what? But they're not in. They're not in the, pe, the, the top four either. They're, they're
2: just boo, 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 just floating
1: around in the ether right now. They don't have. I mean, a if they at eleven the and one. They're getting in. They're okay. getting in. Neither of them are going eleven and one. Aren't against a Mountain West schedule? They might be the best suited Maybe. to do it. No, the, but
3: uh, so there's a story. I I can't remember if I linked it to you guys or not. Just it's it's a very, a very niche story. But the the AD at Washington State is going to pitch to the pitch to everybody why they should keep their Power 5 status. And part of the pitch is going to be, well, this isn't our fault, which Craig Sankey assumes is going to laugh, hopefully, under his breath. He's a little bit more professional than that. But yeah, the, the Pac-12 remaining two teams, when they merge with the Mountain West or whatever they do, are going to try to fight to remain a Power 5 conference and nobody's going to buy it, but they're going to try.
2: By the way, I just a prediction here. I predict that Ole Miss will sell out at Stadium with season tickets this year. Season tickets, student tickets, and whatever the visiting allotment is. I, I, I don't know that there are going to be single-game tickets available. I mean, as visitors return tickets, some will be. I think it would be a really hard ticket. Uh, who we got now? we got got uh, uh, Andrea Adelson. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Arizona 4. Arizona winning the Big 12. Her Hmm. 5'11", new name for you here. 5'12". Sorry, her 5'12". Oregon, the 5, hosting Boise State.
1: Okay, I can get behind Boise. The
2: 6th seed Ole Miss hosting 11th seeded Florida State.
1: She's got Ole miss going eleven and one. Yeah, six seed, yeah. It feels like that's correct.
2: Um the seven seed Texas hosting ten seed Kansas State. That that gross. Boring. Gross. Boring. And the eight seed Notre Dame hosting the nine seed Missouri.
1: Now, Texas, I was going to say switch set eight, nine, nine and ten, but Texas, Missouri isn't much more appealing. Is that that the last one in this exercise? No, no, I have two more.
2: Okay,
3: because I I think I've made an observation.
2: We have two more plus Barrett, so if we want to go three more, we can just for fun. Uh, Harry Lyles. Georgia, Oregon, Florida State, Utah. So Georgia from the SEC, Oregon, Florida State, Utah again in the Big 12. 5-12 Five twelve is Texas Memphis. Six eleven Ohio State Penn State. Oh, oh boo! Seven ten Ole Miss Alabama. Come on, Harry. Eight nine Notre Dame Michigan. Come on, just flip those two. That's that's a bunch of boring matchups. Flip those two. Make it seven that, Ole Miss Ole versus Miss ten Notre and eight Notre yes. Dame versus nine Alabama. It's simple.
1: Yeah. Just make it make it work.
2: Heather Denich, last one. These people. This was pretty good. Georgia one, Ohio state two, Utah three, Louisville four. Oh. 512, okay. Texas, Boise state. 611. Ole Miss hosting Southern Cal. Fight on, will you?
1: A little preview of twenty
2: twenty five. Seven ten Oregon Missouri. Ooh. Eight nine Notre Dame hosting Alabama.
3: Okay, so now that's what I want. My observation came to fruition. Do you yep. notice who did not appear in any of those? Mm,
1: LSU. <laughs> oh LSU. No, no one's but, putting them in there. But. It's
3: LSU, 12-team playoff, year one, year three of Brian Kelly. They're not even included in. in a single projection to well, make it. look, LSU so mad right now
2: that they're just trying to hire all the Ole Miss staff away. They are. See, they, they hired another guy from Ole Miss. Sounds like they're doing that anyway. Sports Talk Mississippi, we'll be right back.
0: Super Talk Mississippi. Check the side. Are you ready? Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: No social commentary whatsoever. If you've missed the news today, there was a shooting following the Kansas City Chiefs parade. One person is dead. Nine more are injured. Absolutely horrific. But I just got chills watching the video of Chiefs fans when they realized one of the shooting suspects was trying to flee the scene, ran him down, tackled him from behind, and basically hog-tied the guy and held him in place until the cops got there to cuff him. Wow. (sighs) Bad stuff. Bad stuff. Forgive me for having no way to segue back out of that. Um, I'll give you Barrett Silley's playoff projections. He's got Georgia 1, Michigan 2. Ooh. Michigan, too.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. They lost a lot, including yeah, he, Harbaugh. He, he
2: wrote this on the 9th of January. So there's a lot that's happened since then. So yeah, Clemson, three, is the ACC champion. Oklahoma State, I actually like that pick. Ollie Gordon's back at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State can absolutely win the Big 12 next year, and then in the um, the, the 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 on-campus matchups, the five through 12 seeds. In the five twelve game, he has Texas hosting Boise State, six eleven Alabama hosting Tulane.
1: Wait, what? He's got two group of fives? Um, yeah, yeah. now
2: In the 7-10 uh, game, he's happen. got Washington hosting Ole Miss.
3: Well, remember... Hold, hold on a second. Remember, the, the 6 plus 6 is still the model. And especially if you did this a few weeks ago, that's what that's pertaining to, I'd bet. Because it's not officially he, okay, he, he five plus said, seven yet.
2: He said, "Let's predict the teams that will comprise the inaugural twelve-team playoff under the current yeah. six plus six format."
3: That will change, by the way. Shout out Mark Keenum, among others, for yeah, uh, no making sure that change happens quickly. All right, so Barrett stuff's not as as relevant. Uh,
2: in the eight-nine game, he had Notre Dame in Utah, but 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 this is
3: that's older, so it's really not relevant. Mm. Based on where we're headed. A lot of portal stuff has changed, too. But LSU not included in any of these. Tennessee also not included in any of these. It's a little surprising to me. There are a lot of people that are now becoming really high on Nico. I'm a believer. And, you know, he looked really good in the bowl game. But I would like to see it for more than one game before I start talking about Heisman hype, especially after we had to deal with Joe Milton stuff all last off season, and that became what it did.
2: Forgive me for.
3: I'll
2: hey, pull the box score. Did he look that good in the bowl game?
3: Yes, looked better than
2: Arnold at really Oklahoma. Good, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, but Arnold was terrible in that game. He threw like five picks,
3: and then had a couple of passes where you're like, oh,
1: "Okay, I see this." Yeah,
2: now. I just I was curious what his numbers ended up. He was. 12 of 19 for 151 yards.
3: People love him. Yeah, they do. They 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 do. do. But, I mean, Tennessee expects to be a bowl team this year. Maybe they shouldn't, but they do. LSU, or not a bowl team, forgive me, a playoff team. In LSU, they're going to expect that annually. He had three rushing touchdowns, which I think changed the way people looked at it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's a good athlete, good player. uh, The center of all of this lawsuit stuff too. I mean just uh, the Tennessee is going to be a very interesting offseason topic, but man, you know college football is volatile kind of. And so there are there are going to be teams that are better than we expect and worse than we expect and and all that stuff, but it's very interesting that in the first year of the the playoff we're going into it talking about not LSU and not Tennessee and not Texas A and M and not Oklahoma. We're talking about Texas and Georgia and Missouri and Ole Miss. Yeah, you're right. You 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 didn't mean like looked better
2: than Oklahoma's quarterback in a head-to-head matchup. You just meant like standing alone, standing alone. Yeah, okay, that's it. He didn't face him, no.
3: No, but Arnold's got some talent. He Turned the football over a lot. It very clearly was. Oh, he's physically gifted. M- making his first start. Yeah,
1: he's 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 got some talent, but I don't know how much they got around him. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm Oklahoma. Say Oklahoma. I'm I just. I got a bad feeling about them. Year one.
3: Did they lose their entire offensive in a line? good way or a bad way?
1: Oh, in a bad way. It's a bad feeling. Yes, yeah, Borky, yeah, they do. Here's the here's the they, they, for they OU. The portal hit them hard. Yeah.
2: You curious? Yeah, let's let's do, let's go through Always. it. Always, they open with Temple at home. At mm-hmm. Temple was bad this year, and they lost DJ e. Warner, their quarterback. Think they
1: open with Temple on the moon. They're going to beat them.
2: Uh, they get Houston in Norman in Week Two. Willie Fritz is Houston Cougars. Yeah, they get John Sumrall's lane Green Wave in Week Three in Norman. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in week four, Oklahoma begins SEC play, hosting the Tennessee Volunteers. Okay.
3: That's a series that we saw a few years ago. That's, yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. It's, it's one of my favorite stories to tell. It's why you don't have fall weddings. So one of my best friends in the world, he's, he's from Nashville, got married in Nashville, And he and his his now wife are both from Nashville, so all of their friends, you can imagine, are either fans of or went to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And they are having their wedding on the Saturday that Baker Mayfield planted the Oklahoma flag on the 50-yard line of Neyland Stadium. They had this stunning, like, money-not-an-object venue. It was Beautiful out in the hill country on a horse farm outside of Nashville. Stunning. Big repurposed barn, all that. Bands playing. There's 200-plus guests. Huge wedding. There is nobody at the reception at all because they are around the back of the building watching Tennessee and Oklahoma play on two iPads that were using a hotspot for the entire reception. Nobody danced. People were bringing them food Nothing. It was. I, I felt bad because she was crushed, but it was so funny. That's why you don't schedule fall weddings. Where, right where there. Where was
2: the groom? Was the groom with the bride, or was the oh he was watching the, the game? Uh, with he with had the to periodically
3: go inside, of course, you know, because no. he had to be a good soldier. Respect that man. But he, he was watching the game too.
2: It is time for our first right dance. Would you please come in here?
1: It's third and short. Calm down. Let me see this
2: play. We
3: got a TV timeout in just a minute, and then they lost. And there were still like forty-five minutes left in the wedding, and all the guys were were so mad that they didn't have fun after that. Like the entire reception was ruined.
2: So Tennessee to start league play. Mm-hmm. And then a trip to Auburn that I predict will be under the lights on September twenty-eighth. Mm-hmm. I do that without looking at the rest of the schedule. Over that under just 125, feels like 125
3: passing yards for Peyton Thorne.
2: Thunder. <laughs> Against that defense. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe he'll touch 200. All right, so, 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 how about this stretch: Tennessee at home, at Auburn, Texas in Red River, South Carolina at home, at Ole Miss, and then. I predict Oklahoma will never have more looked forward to an, a non-conference game than they do when they host the Main Black Bears on November the second. Huh? No jokes, hey, Dad. No jokes. Just, just nah, they will nah, be ready for a breather. And nah, then, all right, and then, and then they go to Columbia, Missouri, and then they host Alabama, and then they go to Baton Rouge. 6 and 6. That's the closing three game stretch for Boomer
1: Sooner. That when they're four non-conference, I think they'll and beat on, Auburn I need to and uh, South Carolina. I, I
2: need to apologize. I just did something that I absolutely
1: despise. You just said the it, Boomer Sooner.
2: It drives yeah. me crazy when oh big night for War Eagle. Shut up. That's a cheer. Hotty Toddy's got it rolling. You're a moron. It's a cheer. Hail State with the touchdown. You are an imbecile. And yet, and I just said
3: something about Boomer. We we all say dumb things
2: sometimes. Well, I immediately recognized it and retracted it and apologized and give you my word that I will do my best to never let that happen again. It's not about making a mistake. It's how you
3: handle it.
1: They'll win their four non conference. They'll beat South Carolina and Auburn. Oh, you got them winning at Auburn. I think they'll win at Auburn. I, that's funny. I got them winning two road games, right? Didn't you say at South Carolina? No, South Carolina is a home game. Okay. Okay. Guys, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Auburn with Thorne there. And Jordan here is tough at night. It is tough. It may not be I at night. I know.
2: Maybe that's eleven o'clock coming straight out of the game day. I don't know. Yeah. We'll be back. Sports talk, Mississippi. A tweet from Reddit College Football a little bit ago. Pac-12 Network is currently re-airing last season's game between Fresno State and Arizona State. The Arizona um, Fresno won that game 29 to nothing. It was retweeted with Oregon State and Washington State are currently in charge of programming at Pac-Twelve Networks. Nice. Love it. Ah, here we go. Ceasefire text line. I'm a diehard State fan, but absolutely despise Notre Dame. If the Ole Miss-Notre Dame matchup does happen, I would love to lead the pregame Are You Ready cheer on the video board.
1: (laughs) Okay. Then my buddy McDuff, good Lord.
3: Well, let me tell you, you want to draw Notre Dame in the playoffs, though, because you know they're not going to win. You might as well just (laughs) pencil yourself into the second round. It's It's like getting a bye. Yeah.
2: How about this one, guys? I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it said now that there is a 12-team playoff, the SEC championship game will be kind of meaningless because the top two SEC teams are already going to be in the playoffs. So the SEC, instead of having an SEC title game, should have a game with the four versus five teams to see who gets that fourth SEC playoff spot, assuming numbers one through three in the conference would probably already be in. thought that was kind of an interesting idea.
1: It's true, but I mean, you, some teams. Richard doesn't, but most people want that bye. You know, see, so you're into the next round. You're to win two games instead of you know one.
3: But we, we talked about this a while ago. It's the same amount of games. It's the same amount of games if you don't go to the conference championship game, mm-hmm. but host a playoff game. It's the same amount of games as going to the conference championship game and earning yourself a bye. But yeah, if you go- regardless you got to win 4
1: after the regular season ends. I agree, go- but the point he's making is that the SEC championship game is meaningless. It's not if you're in the SEC championship game you want to win it to get yes. the bye. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And there's some people that still think a conference championship matters. It does.
3: It,
2: it does. Well, it,
1: it does. You want to be the being the SEC champion is something you can look back on. Yeah. 100%. But if you go there
3: and lose, it's an extra game, and your team got beat up at a loss.
2: How about this message? I'm probably one of the eight fans out there of both Ole Miss and Notre Dame, and that whole last segment made me think about something I never thought was possibly a realistic scenario. Not sure what I'd do with myself. And Borky is correct. The Irish fans would flood Oxford. The Notre Dame message board members have been dreaming of a Grove trip for decades, and the Dombers have money.
1: That they do. The, you uh, just
2: roll your eyes, hey Dad. The,
1: yes, everybody wants to come to the Grove. The uh, the well, the the idea though, that they would it flood. would be
2: eye roll worthy if it weren't kind of a true thing for people from other parts of the country. Like I get it that it's not a
1: big deal if you're in the SEC. Well, the point I was going to make is that, yeah, they would flood Oxford. That doesn't mean they're going to flood Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. That's, that's true. They'd come to the game. They, they, they'd come to Oxford. They, they, they'd try to get tickets. You know, they'd scalp them out there, but that stadium is still going to be packed solid with red and blue. No doubt. Completely agree. Just and reds I think the, is what it I should I think be. the inverse would be true also.
2: If Ole Miss was at Notre Dame, my guess is, based on what we have seen, with what mm-hmm. Georgia did when they went to South Bend. Granted, that was a regular season game. Yep. Um, there would be lots of Ole Miss fans that went to South Bend for that game without a ticket that might or might not get in.
1: Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that will be the case everywhere. Agreed. I mean, you just go. And that After the game, if your team wins, you're celebrating, and it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun trip. And you never know. You might get lucky. And find somebody who's willing to part with tickets at, you know, what you consider a reasonable price? Maybe. Yeah. It would be unlikely, but I guess that's why yes. I said the word lucky. you ever gotten into a stadium without a ticket? You have. I know the story already, but I have not. Which one? The Titans? Didn't you tell a story? Yeah. Yeah, I guess
2: I told that story somewhere along the way. Yeah.
1: Monday Night Football, no less. The whole stadium. Myself, I came to. Like I came to a. I came all. to a game without a ticket one time and didn't get into the, the game because I couldn't afford a ticket. The scalpers were not letting them go at a uh, at a reasonable price. Was that a state so,
2: game?
1: That was Ole Miss Auburn. Tuber- Tuberville's return in 1998. Came up to Oxford. State played on a Thursday. We came up to Oxford. We we're like, ah, we'll wait till kickoff. Somebody else sell tickets for like thirty bucks because they just want to get rid of them. Nope. Went out to the right in front of the stadium. The guy was like, We want $300 a ticket. It's like, well, We're going back to the Grove, buddy. We're going to watch the game on TV. It'll be fun. No buy.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: No
2: buy. Five no o'clock buy. hour. College football fix just around the corner. Glad to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio. This is Sports Talk, Mississippi.
0: Let the broadcasting of The Disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: From right now, there will be baseball in Starkville. There will be baseball in Hattiesburg. And by the way, have you seen the forecast for Saturday in Starkville? I mean, for Friday. I'm sorry, not Saturday, Friday. Friday's forecast. Hey, Dad, I'm pretty darn close. You're close. 68 and cloudy. That's almost as good as 70 and sunny.
1: That, that is the, the equivalent of it as far as February weather goes.
2: Uh, 45 and cloudy on Saturday, and then it's going to warm up to 55. But the sun will be abundant on Sunday for the series finale of the uh, season opening weekend. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borkey, I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studio. You can be a part of the show on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber from Seaspire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, and that's right here in C Spire Country. Learn more online at cspire.com slash business. That's cspire.com slash business. Um, Again, that number for the uh, C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. A couple of things to remind you of. The biggest name in entertainment right now is Tay-Tay, Taylor Swift. And uh, we're giving you a chance to win tickets to see her in concert, plus money in your pocket. Margaritaville Resort and Paradise Pier Fun Park in Biloxi, along with Talk Mississippi, present Taylor Swift and a cash gift. Here's what you get. A pair of tickets to see Taylor Swift's Eras Tour at the Superdome in New Orleans on Saturday, October 26th, plus $1,000 of cash. How do you win? Enter your name and contact info at one of the registration boxes at select locations across the state. Go to supertalk.fm slash taylorswift to find the full list of registration locations and for more information. Let's do the college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. go to BuyFordNow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today.
3: So, for today's College Football Fix, we go to Twitter.
2: Chip Brown covers the Texas Longhorns at Texas's 247 website. And he tweeted... Last night, Chris Del Conte was doing a QA. and I guess it was with boosters or at some event that they were having. And there was a question that he got, are we going to play Texas A&M each year? And Chris Del Conte says that Texas will play Texas A&M annually in football, and his hope, quote, is to move it back to Thursday, close quote, of Thanksgiving week.
3: And Michael Borky rejoices. Yes. Um, I did envision a doomsday scenario, though. Um, because Texas and Texas A&M traditionally... I, I, know, I know what you're about to say. <laughs> they traditionally play on
2: Thanksgiving. You're about Thanksgiving. to
3: say a doubleheader on Thanksgiving night. The Egg Bowl moves to like 3 o'clock on Thursday afternoon <laughs> and just...
0: No chance. Oh,
3: man, that would be uh, that would be disastrous. I, I thought you were going to you know, say man.
2: head-to-head, like they play Texas, Texas A&M oh, on ABC gosh. and put the Egg Bowl in the SEC oh, network. Oh, even
3: worse. I, I mean, that's even worse than what I thought of, which is bad in and of itself, but...
1: Um, no, they'll they'll go head to head with the NFL. They will not go head to head with the Cowboys, though. I don't think.
3: What uh, what makes this interesting? If you love Thanksgiving egg bowls or, or hate them, it doesn't matter. Point is, Texas and Texas A&M have traditionally played in that slot far more double than the Egg Bowl has, uh-huh. and and Texas is higher profile, and and so their rivalry game would be higher profile if. The AD at Texas is saying that I want it to be on the Thursday of Thanksgiving week, which Chris can otherwise be described as Thanksgiving. Will the TV networks (laughs) listen?
2: It was an interesting
3: word choice from CDC, Chris Belconti. But would they listen? If he's advocating for that, is that swaying a decision?
1: I mean, right off the bat, Texas, Texas A&M, regardless of the NFL, draws more eyeballs than Mississippi State Ole Miss. It does. It just does.
2: Yes. That's honestly. So honesty you honesty put, for you, you put, on Sports Talk Mississippi.
1: So just like every other day is what I'm getting from that comment. Yes,
2: yes. But
1: uh, yeah. there are some places that would try to convince you otherwise. But those places are wrong. Uh, yeah, so lying liars. Hints, so anyway,
2: honesty right here on Sports Talk Mississippi.
1: That's right. Honesty Talk Mississippi. So anyway, so that's something to consider for sure. I mean, you just get more viewers that way. Um, Texas, Texas A&M fans, I, I don't know. I got a kick out. I saw a Texas A&M uh, on a message board geniuses that basically it was just like blank Texas. Whatever Texas wants, I want the opposite. Also, blank Texas.
2: Well, it's funny you so say A&M that. So the a and fans, I don't know if they're big fans of it. Isn't Texas A&M kind of on record, or maybe Ross Bjork, the outgoing athletics director at AM, is on record as saying that they wanted the game to be on Saturday? Did I make that yeah. up? I, I, I'm, look, this is honest sports talk, so well, I don't want to be the there. the another making one making things up. But.
1: <laughs> there was another post that said, isn't it kind of funny how they've been in the conference for two months and it's, it's already, let's just do whatever Texas says. Hmm. So, I don't, but I don't think state and Ole Miss would fight really hard to stay on Thanksgiving either.
2: Now, what would you say the opinion is or or the percentage split is among Mississippi State fans about Thanksgiving egg balls?
1: Whenever you do a poll on a message board or Twitter, it's it's like 50 50. You got some people who love it and some people who can't stand it. Yeah. Keith Carter's kind of said the same Not thing. That. He has, He said 50-50. Yeah, and it just, like I said, some people, it's become their tradition and they just enjoy it and, and, and however they want to do it. And there's some people like, I like to have Thanksgiving with my family and this makes it impossible. It, I, you can't make everybody happy. So it's about finding that 50.1 versus 49.9, I guess. Let me ask you this.
2: Yeah. If Texas, Texas A&M moved to Thanksgiving night... Mm-hmm. You know that we for the last several years have had Arkansas Missouri on the Friday after Thanksgiving. How mm-hmm. would you feel about a Friday egg bowl? Down.
1: We've had him. We had him like 607 like or
3: you don't like the idea. Oh, I'm so down I'm down with it. Yeah, no, not like it.
1: He's down. He's down with it like the kids say. Yeah, I'm I'm hip, Richard. I'm not. I'm not either. I'm lazy. You, like, you don't like a Friday? No, you no. You're not hip to it, is what you're saying. You don't like a no, Friday? I, no, I'm
2: just. I, no, I'm just saying I'm not hip.
1: Period. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew
3: that. Okay.
1: Yeah, but are you hip to the idea of a Friday egg Bowl? I would have zero
3: issue with that. They they perform well. Uh, also, so if you're yeah. one of those people that that wants exposure, which you should for for your school, Black Friday gets sports on Black Friday get that's watched really, a lot, a lot.
1: That's really the best of both worlds, by the way, is a Friday Egg Bowl for especially for old Brian Haydad here, because I get Thanksgiving on Thursday, good times. Friday's the Egg Bowl, and then Saturday I still get my day of watching all the other rivalry games yeah. in college football. So that's so the best of both worlds. Is giving me the Friday. Here's what I would propose, though. Mm-hmm. I don't want an
2: 11 a.m. Friday Egg Bowl. No, no.
1: No, we want so, to be 2.30. So, so,
2: yeah, Arkansas... Well, hold on. Oh, Arkansas, night. Missouri has been in that afternoon time slot, but it hasn't been 2.30. It's been 1.30 when they have played that game. Okay. When it was on CBS. CBS no longer has any say-so. So the question mm-hmm. is, would that become a one thirty ABC game on... The Friday after Thanksgiving. And Isn't there another Friday. Would the SEC be open to having two games on Friday? Because that has not traditionally happened. There's only been the afternoon game. What if you had a Friday night after Thanksgiving egg bowl? As opposed to it being a daytime game. Again, fine with it. Fine with it. I remember an eleven AM Friday egg bowl in Starkville. State
1: won the game. It has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. Yeah. That was that was not a fun time slot for that game. And the year before that it was in Oxford, same same time. On Friday? Oh, 06, Yeah. Yeah, that's I I did not. That's just like not that. that's, so I would just say this, if they move that game to Friday, I'd be, we have to do a live remote from the game, right? We have to somehow get there and have a college game day kind of situation. We have yes. to do it. Yes.
3: Richard's going to put on some headgear.
1: <laughs> That's you. That's your job. I'll I'll do the headgear.
3: I'm just hoping if it's on
2: Friday I can figure out a way to stay for the game before I have to fly somewhere for another game. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. Oh,
3: you going to take me home tonight. Oh.
2: It is Ford Truck Month, and that means Belk Ford in Oxford on Highway 6 West has got you covered. They're celebrating 47 years as the best-selling trucks in America. Get to Belk Ford in Oxford on Highway 6 West for special once-a-year offers on Ford F-Series, featuring the new 2024 Ford F-150 and Ford Super Duty, which is the 2024 North America Truck of the Year. Celebrate with Belk Ford in Oxford, Ford Truck Month, you can do so online at BelkFord.net. Check out the inventory, what they've got on the lot. You can also do it in person. Great sales staff that will help you get the best financing available on the Ford truck of your dreams. Belk Ford, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Come celebrate Ford Truck Month. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. You can join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Ross Bjork won't be at Texas A&M to stop Texas and Texas A&M playing on Thanksgiving night. I didn't mention that. I don't know if it was Ross that was opposed to it or Texas A&M writ large. Uh, Also, Borky's tunes are always on point. Yeah, buddy. Uh, We always have family get-together on Thanksgiving, so I'm all for moving the Egg Bowl. I've only been to two games in my life, so I would be all for it being moved. Tim, in Enterprise, I think a lot of people in the state of Mississippi would be against the Friday night Egg Bowl due to high school football playoff semifinals. That's fair. Very fair. It is. Uh, Somebody else says, that Friday is state semifinal games in Mississippi high school football
1: feel like those could easily be moved to saturday if they did that though
3: they could be also the if, volume of games isn't particularly high right yeah you'd have 14 of them
1: you'd have yeah 14 games but
3: that's still you know it is a but i mean how many of those people are if they've got a if they got a game on friday how many of them are spending their thursday in
1: oxford or starkville hmm. Currently, certainly none of the players are right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think? I mean, if you're local, but I mean, yeah. I wouldn't imagine a kid coming up from South Mississippi. Well, or, that, that's you a know, good. from Oak Grove or something. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a good point. It's definitely interesting. So, so, you know, do you, how much how much carryover do you have from those? And look, maybe there's not ever a perfect solution.
1: There isn't. That's that. That's something I. I we talked. This is the. uh by the way, this is the topic I'm going to bring to Thunder and Lightning. But we also talked about it on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. And Robbie and I, we basically just, just discovered that whatever your motivations are for, for moving this game or keeping this game on Thanksgiving, they're almost 100% selfish every one of the time. It's just, I like it on this day or I don't like it on this day. And there's no you can't give a real logistical, financial reason to move this game or and, to and not you, move the game. And And you know what we end up with regardless? Full Somebody's stadium. unhappy. No, no. We, oh, we yeah, end up that's with a full too. stadium
2: regardless. Whenever you play it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to see if I can grab this real quick. I'm curious what the attendance was for the Egg Bowl in Starkfield this past year. I think it was good. It, it, it felt it good. pretty darn full if it wasn't completely. Let's see. That was the first game of the weekend. Here we go. I got a box score. 60,412. Just shy of a complete sellout.
1: Two years ago, it wasn't close to being full.
3: There were visible empty seats on television.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It was also raining really badly that night. I don't have an issue with that.
2: Uh, Let's see what the announced attendance was for that game.
3: It was sixty-two thousand four hundred eighty-seven. Yeah, and I'm seven foot two. I mean, I can announce. You can announce whatever you want. Yeah, I, I, play, I play center for the 76ers. My name is Joel.
1: You ever seen Boiler Room? Act as if. Joel Borky. Yeah. Joel Borky. Uh, I think it would have been better I mean, if you had gone long Michael Borky. Michael would have been better. 2021
2: in Starkville. Pretty, mm, pretty full. Down that year. Rain badly that night, yeah, too. 55-601 that year. Really, really bad rain that year. I do remember thinking that was a better crowd than I thought it was going to be.
1: Anyway. Yeah. And the year before that's COVID, so it doesn't count? Yeah. 20,000-something, I would guess. The one in 19 in Starkville was packed solid,
2: as I recall.
1: I will, uh, really I will trust crowd. you on that.
2: Okay.
3: Do you see, by the way, where they are considering to to keep on the college football thing? Adding the two-minute warning to college football games? And you know what's frustrating about that, though? Is they're doing it in part to add a commercial break. That is part of the the thinking. Because that's what we, we need more of, is we need more commercials in college football games. However, I do like actually what the two-minute drill does in the NFL game. I I do like it. I I think it adds a little bit more intrigue at the end of games because you're you're giving teams opportunities and and things like that. I like when a timeout advances the ball in basketball, to to be honest with you. Some people don't. I like that. But I like the two-minute warning. I think it serves a very good purpose. I would like to see it In college football, if we're being totally honest. I think this would be a good idea. Their motivation frustrates me.
2: Well, I mean, it's not like the NFL stays on site during the two-minute warning. Right. They take a commercial break. But NFL
3: games move at a better pace than college games. Much brisker pace. But are you in on that? Fair or foul or whatever, you know upbringing you want to use to to pose the question if college football adds a two-minute warning is that good or bad
2: um i have no real issue with it i still think lots of college football programs would manage to screw up into the game clock situations i mean it's a huge part of the strategy in the nfl and not to say that that wouldn't be part of strategy in college football but I mean, we've talked about this a million times. It just boggles my mind how bad so many teams are at managing late-game clock situations in college football. It just shouldn't be that hard. And yet,
1: Every it's, game. It's,
2: it's like watching a slow-motion car wreck all the time, multiple times a weekend. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Chad and Van Cleve said, "What's better than the entire family at the TV on yelling at the TV on Thanksgiving
3: night? <laughs> the entire family enjoying each other's company on
1: a sacred American well, holiday. Well, if it's the family, they're probably they're probably all on the same page for the most I part. I don't Even know. There, I mean, I, there's going to be some exceptions. Yeah, I know.
2: I mean, by and large, though, if everyone had stayed at our house this past year, um." We would have had a very mixed viewing audience for the Egg Bowl. Mm. Very mixed.
1: Where were all those people two years ago? I was I was in there by myself, I felt like. No, you weren't. Just, most people okay. weren't well, as obnoxious as you. Most everybody
2: else just kind of set aside their loyalties to gather around the table for a oh, feast of God. thanks.
3: Emotional you, you, damage.
1: You asked. Oh yeah. You know, it's funny. Yesterday you were you were talking about me being a jerk and I was like, "It's pretty rich coming from you." But uh, I mean, now you now you've gone too far. Mm. Can you cite an example or are you just like trying to play into a story? Yeah, time? I will be happy to give an example. What you just did. I was oh. I was Oh, no, no, no. I could have all been more fun. humble. You you, you, you set that one I came to your tea. house. I brought I brought I brought food. I was I, I brought your wife a bottle of wine and I, now you are going to tell me I was a jerk hey by the way uh will you be joining hmm. us for Thanksgiving this year uh we're, we're obviously a ways out but as far as I know yeah that I would like to do that again if, if I'm invited sure you are absolutely invited absolutely Mark, you're welcome I, to join I us told too. you what I want to do this year didn't I I said I want to do that I want because we, you know you don't have to work we need to get the corner office Let's all me and you you bring your family I'll bring one of my kids and let's 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 watch the game together. In the box. Mm-hmm. We can get some content out of that, I think. Yeah, maybe. They may not want us sitting there. They may not want me sitting there. No, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that you were like the favorite <laughs> child. I am the favorite child, but no, I mean, but I'm not good. This, this, the game I went to this year, I was perfectly respectable and I just sat there and watched the game. This is the Egg Bowl. <laughs> I'm going cheer for my team.
2: Yeah. All in good fun. All in good fun. Oh yeah. Uh, C Spire text line is open. I was trying to pull up the entire schedule. ESPN has not updated the schedule online where it's easily available for you, Borky. I'm sure you have a spot where we can go to and grab the entire thing. I've had so much fun talking college football schedules today. I was looking to do more of it. This is great. Uh we'll, we'll take a quick time out back with you right after this in the
0: Pearl River Resort Studio Here comes more sports talk Mississippi You ready guys? On Super Talk Mississippi
2: Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to check out their Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok profiles at Visit Oxford MS. Keep up with everything that's happening. Don't forget, Double Decker is coming back. 26th annual Double Decker Arts Festival this year. The music lineup has been announced. You can find that at doubledeckerfestival.com. That's doubledeckerfestival.com. Hey, Borky, in today's edition of Words Matter, I have something for you. Yeah? So you were amused by the quote from Kirk Schultz, the president at Washington State University. The quote that was in the tweet by Ross Dellinger. Here was the quote and the setup for it. Washington State's Kirk Schultz will formally present to CFP leaders next week a proposal for Pac-12 to be treated as P5 conference in revenue and voting rights in the future, he tells Yahoo Sports. Here's the quote. We just don't feel that we should be regulated by no fault of our own, except for the fact that if you go into the story, that's not actually the quote, because this makes a whole lot more sense. Kirk Schultz said this. We've been an Autonomy 5 school and have resourced ourselves at that level for 25 to 30 years. Just because we were left standing in musical chairs, we just don't feel that we should be relegated by no fault of our own. Big difference in regulated and relegated, wouldn't you say? Oh, I would say. Yes, big difference. And that is a reasonable quote a reasonable take by the president at Washington State.
3: It is. But life's not fair. That You are not moving forward going to be playing a schedule that is equivalent of that of the SEC in Big Ten and even the ACC in Big 12. You're not going to be tested in the same way those four leagues will. And so if I'm Sankey or Petiti, I'm going to look at whatever you become and think, okay, hold on. So my, we'll use the local example, my my Mississippi teams, they're going to have to play in Baton Rouge. Georgia's going to come to their place. They'll have to go to Austin. They've got Texas A&M and all their oil money on the schedule. And that I'm going to have to treat the same as a road trip to Fresno State Utah State at home, got a difficult one with Boise State. San Jose State, San Diego State, no, there's no way. I mean, it it sucks that it happened to you, but there's just no way that I'm going to agree that what you're doing is anywhere close to what we're having to do. There's no way. Yeah, there's not.
2: But I think this is an important part of the story. Schultz's proposal is at the center of a delay in an important vote from the CFP Board of Managers, which, by the way, is presided over by Mark Keenum, made up of presidents from the 10 FBS leagues in Notre Dame. Five weeks ago, at an in-person meeting at the National Championship site in Houston, the Board of Managers was poised to adopt a a recommendation from FBS commissioners to move from a 6-plus-6 12-team playoff format to a 5-plus-7 model. The move in response to the Pac-12's realignment shakeup decreases the number of automatic berths tied to conference champions from six to five, and it increases the number of at-large spots from six to seven. The vote must be unanimous, which gives Schultz some leverage over a significant decision as the format for the next two years before we get to 2026 and they're able to go back to the drawing board on the playoff. But here's the quote from Schultz. We're not going to tie those two things together. That's not appropriate. It's a very adult thing to say. Yeah,
3: that's uh, that's pretty admirable, honestly.
2: There's been some speculation that the two are tied together. That would be the place where the Pac-12 conference would not be a good colleague for college football by going... We've given you a proposal, you better do exactly as we ask, or there's going to be some penalty. That's not the right stance to take. And he also acknowledged that it behooves the Pac-12, which is the Pac-2, to operate in a playoff environment that has more at-large spots because of a policy change that commissioners adopted back in November. And that change requires a conference to have at least eight members to qualify for one of the automatic qualifying spots in the playoff. So, knowing that the combination of Oregon State-Washington State is not getting an automatic berth into the playoff, they would be better served by having one more at-large spot available to them than in the current format. Because the highest six-ranked conference champions, they're not even eligible to be one of those. And that's what kind of opened the door in barrett Lee's proposal for two group of five teams in the current six-plus-six model, which, from the perspective of most of us who love college football, would be a disaster and a travesty. Because you would be, and I'm just speaking very frankly here, in the model that we're, I mean, I don't necessarily. Hmm. Let me care- be careful how I say this. I don't necessarily believe that a group of five champion is worthy of an automatic qualifying spot. We talked about this at length a few weeks back. I believe if they have earned it, they are deserving. If they're one of the highest ranked teams in the country, then they are deserving because of what they have done on the field in that year. But to your example a second ago going through a schedule that includes San Diego State and Utah State and Colorado State and Boise State and whoever else state does not merit a guaranteed seat at the table to determine a national champion it just doesn't it's apples to hammers yeah it's not even it's not even fruits it's not apples to oranges, it's not apples to kiwis, it's apples to sledgehammers. So,
3: we'll see where this goes. Yeah, for sure. And also, speaking of Chris Conti and things that he said, uh, he also talked about the nine-game SEC schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, That will not be coming next year, like some people initially thought, but he anticipates it being uh, here for the 2026 season. Yeah, maybe so, but didn't we anticipate it coming this go-around, and it just didn't? Well, Ross always reported that this year was very unlikely. That it's going to happen eventually, just not right now. But 2025 was more likely, certainly, than 2024. Well, sounds like they're going to give it two more years of the eight-game league schedule before they expand. Part of me wonders, though, if they figure what's the point. It, it, and because television money is the driving factor, right? But they signed this gigantic TV deal with eight being the existing thing. And now the playoff... the previous deal. The, the, the previous deal that is about to take into effect... With eight conference yet? Oh, 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 so the 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 new deal, right?
2: That will go into effect in twenty twenty six hasn't been signed, but they've agreed mm-hmm. to it. Pending the CFP doing all the
3: stuff that they've got to figure out, right? But but yes, ESPN has agreed to pay that amount of money. But that's a billion and a half dollar a year deal with the playoff now. I wonder mm-hmm. if the SEC is going to look at it and think until we start losing audience, yeah, like, what what's what? The why? Point? Yeah.
2: Just stick with their eight-yen conference schedule with a mandatory Power Five
3: opponent and go forward. And continue to make a ton of money. That's what I keep going back to. Until we see material change, why would anybody change? Until we see material drop in interest, why would you change your schedule? What would the SEC gain from changing their schedule unless it's a significant amount more money, which right now doesn't seem like that's the case. Maybe it is, but... Or interest wanes. Ah, well, people don't care about the non-conference games. Then why do they watch them? They watch them! Because it's the only option there. And people love football. So in, love football. until they stop watching, why would you change it? Ah, oh, nobody wants to see your team play Middle Tennessee, but buddy, when Middle Tennessee plays in Oxford, there's going to be 55,000-plus people in the stadium, and every Ole Miss fan's going to check it out. Because that's what they do. Until they stop doing that, why change it? And the truth of the matter is there's going to be so much inventory available
2: that every week's television options are going to be better, and you'll see more of those games that are streaming games. And, well, not more. Every team in the league will have one streaming game, as is the case right now, and you'll just have options. And you know, you may play that game on ESPNU at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night or at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And the people that want to watch will be able to, and the people who don't want to watch, they'll have other other options available to them. But, yeah, your, your bigger point is, yeah, I mean, ESPN agreed to pay all this money based on what we've got right now. So unless you can prove on paper that you have a better opportunity to get more teams in the playoff by playing nine conference games, I don't think it's going to happen unless you can prove that. From the
0: Venable... What do they want? Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Now.
2: This is the final countdown as we wrap up this edition of Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Thanks, as always, for being with us. Don't forget that uh, Thunder and Lightning, Brian Haydez, is coming up as soon as we get finished right here on Sports Talk Mississippi. You'll get the news, and then you'll get Thunder and the Lightning on the radio. It's all Mississippi State news with you, some baseball, some basketball. I don't know. Maybe you'll work in a little bit of football. Uh, and you can check it out here. Uh, speaking of school-specific things, Thunder and Lightning, the podcast, is available, hosted by Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk. The Rebel Report is available, hosted by Michael Borky. All of those are free for you wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, they're on demand at supertalk.fm. we got uh, we got new baseball jerseys for Mississippi State. Okay.
1: Yeah, a, a maroon with the uh, state script with some gray piping.
2: Eh. Oh, it doesn't do it for you, huh?
1: It's just it doesn't pop for me for whatever reason. Really?
2: Yeah. I wonder, do you wear that exclusively on the road since it's got gray on it and wear it with gray pants?
1: Nah, I bet it, I bet we see it at home. But I don't know. It's hanging in a... In a in a, a locker with two gray jerseys, so you could be right. Maybe those are the road threads for Mississippi State. That is, well, Hold on a second. Has State worn gray Doesn't with pinstripes that's white in recent years? That's, that's, that's a white. No, I looked at the different picture now. That is white. So I don't know then. That looks great to me, Ada.
2: That's definitely gray pinstripes. Is that new? Like I know, state They've used to wear gray, gray pinstripes. with pinstripes. They've
1: worn gray, gray pinstripes in the past. Is that gray? In the
2: past, they have, but have they in the last three, four, five years? Hasn't state gone away from honest. the gray pinstripes?
1: What I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't pay attention to state's road uniforms that that closely. They haven't really given me a reason to the last two years. Okay, I'm trying to do an image search from
2: state baseball last year, just to see if I can. Find anything? I don't think. I think there's more news here than just the state script. I, eh. No, they wore them in the uh, in the governor's cup last year. Never mind. Okay, there you go. All
1: right. Good enough know. Well, then maybe that's the case. I don't. I don't know though. We'll find out more as the uh, as we as as information is provided to us. We will uh, update those, you. Those don't bother me. I didn't say they bothered me. I just don't think that they're just like, wow, you know?
3: Okay. If that script got rid of the gray piping, I think just if it was thinned out with just white armor, I think it would look better. It's it's too, there's too much there. Maybe. The simpler, the better with uniforms. Always.
2: Yeah. Okay. Ole Miss rolling with some new uniforms this year.
0: Yeah, haven't rebels seen wearing
2: them. Wearing the um, the cre- they've they've got cream jerseys. You've seen that with number of teams. Uh, it's a Sunday uniform for a lot of teams where they wear the cream. This is uh, it's got navy blue rebels in script across the chest. I think Chase Parm was the first to uh, tweet a picture of that. He he found a picture of it on like the online store. And then, yeah, and then a they little pulled bit it and said that is indeed a new option, and that he's told that there may be some more new beyond that. My opinion that Mike Bianco told me absolutely not on. We were actually having this conversation, so it was, um, I guess it was 2021 when Ole Miss played at the um, the deal in Texas in Arlington, and I was talking to him. I was like, "Coach, you ever thought about doing white pants with the powder blue jerseys?" Absolutely not. I was like. Good answer. Okay, okay. There's you a, look uh, at you look at Kansas, the Kansas City Royals, powder it. blues with white pants, and tell me that's not a great looking uniform. It, it is. It is. There's but a uh,
1: there's a rumor floating around. It's 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 just a whisper over here in Starkville about football uniforms that we don't have enough time. We can talk about it tomorrow if you want to tease that. But it is a massive change. Oh, orange. Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's just, wow. Like, it's just, it's, it's very, like, it's very like faint. a different provider? No, 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 no. No, nothing like that. Just so still a, just a, a huge change. Yeah, just a, a, it's just a rumor, though. I, I haven't heard it confirmed. I've just heard it a couple places, though. Well, give me a little bit more than that. They would change the helmet color. To, they, basically, they want to get away from, Texas a and and Mississippi State getting the same uniforms. So you're going to want to differentiate them. No.
2: Oh, you're not going Chrome Dome,
1: are you? No, there may be the, the, the rumor is silver. Well, now, a silver helmet, it's just a rumor. Right?
2: Now, now, there's a difference in silver and chrome. We need to pick this yeah, up tomorrow. Not, yeah.
3: Don't We can't forget about this. I told
2: you, none of time. You should have let me just let me tease. Sports Talk Mississippi, thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. That'll bring you back for more, I hope. Alongside Brian Hayden and Michael Borkey I'm Richard Cross. Enjoy your Valentine's Wednesday night. Good night.